Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator Magazine. I'm Adam Forziati, web editor for CI. And okay, admittedly, I'm a bit nervous for this episode because I don't want to scare away listeners who have like preconceived notions about what we're going to be talking about today. It's VR. Only two letters, but they tend to carry with them like a certain stigma, almost reminiscent of 3D TV and other technological uh, gimmicks. But VR can be much more than that. And I have just the evidence to prove it after visiting a very interesting booth at Cedia a few weeks ago. On this monthly feature episode of AV Plus, we'll hear from Modus VR, a new company that aims to make AV sales a lot easier with the help of virtual reality. For the monthly news roundup, we'll hear from Jason Knott, editor-in-chief of our sister mag CE Pro, on all the Cedia highlights relevant to the commercial AV space. And then finally, a CI Project of the Month featuring a screen that holds up to its fierce competition in Las Vegas. But first, a little housekeeping. You can learn more about AV Plus online at commercialintegrator.com slash podcast and on Twitter by searching the hashtag AV Plus Pod. That's A-V-P-L-U-S Pod. We'd appreciate it so much if you could take a moment to hit subscribe and rate us on iTunes, too. That would really help us reach more AV pros trying to find quality podcasts. Okay, back to the show. Here's the monthly CI News Roundup. We released a show recently that was talking about oftentimes how the Cedia show which is really a residential show, can have impacts in the commercial space too. You know, given that products like the iPad have had a, a their time in commercial as well. And, you know, Cedia we recognize is growing again, and we wanted to talk to you, Jason, um, being the editor-in-chief for our sister publication, CE Pro, that focuses on residential systems, about some of the trends that you know you saw and noticed at um, at the show this year, you were there too. I just came back from it and released you know a little podcast about you know four of the trends that I thought might impact the commercial space, which we'll get into in a moment. But first and foremost, what did you notice at the show that you know, was your big bigger takeaways, uh, residential or commercially speaking? Um, one thing was the design influence, which I thought was really interesting. So in the past, you know, you've seen a lot of like highly stylized whether they be keypads or whether they be touch panels, as you say, or lighting. But it seems to be pervasive now in almost every element that there's some sort of European flair-type design element. And the products are very highly designed in all the books. It's not not the, that kind of boring, uh, plain-Jane industrial look anymore. And then the second thing is, I think, what you're going to touch on, which is the commercial influence. You know, one of the things that I always do is when I walk the aisles, I ask people, integrators who I see, hey, what should I check out? And invariably, everybody was talking about these giant micro uh, LED display walls that were in the Samsung, Sony, uh, Opus Brilliance, and uh, digital projection booths. So these giant, in essence, commercial video walls not necessarily for home theater applications, but for literally residential customers who have a lot of money who want to install video walls in their homes. Now, you gave some examples for that kind of video wall. You also mentioned a moment ago the uh, the design element. We always want to keep a finger on the pulse of where design is going. It's uh, a critical part of systems, even if it's not the most practical part of systems, right? But can you give some examples? Obviously, I think 
probably Leon will come to mind. Yeah, I mean, they're always at the cutting edge. They're quote-unquote out there, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Uh, Lutron. From their booth design to their product design. Yeah, ab- everything, yeah. Uh, Lutron with the uh, exposed roller shade and Savant both had that in their booth. That you know, Who would have thought that customers or clients are okay actually seeing the actual rolled-up shade? Everybody was so concerned about having to hide it. Now they've actually made it look beautiful to have it in the in the open, which I thought was interesting. Um, I go back to Sura, which is an outdoor um, display company, but they also have the mirrored TVs, which is their big um, kind of new push. And they had a thing called the Smart Mirror, which was really, really cool in terms of how it looked. Uh, you know, you don't want to have one in your bathroom for sure. Even though as much as I don't like looking in the mirror, having a smart mirror might make me look a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) You could look at the the morning news anchor instead of yourself. Exactly. (laughs) So what's interesting to me is, you know, a couple of the trends that you described, like the video walls for residential applications and also the the Leon booth, the exposed um, shade controls or the shades. They're both kind of the opposite, right? They're trends that are from the commercial market that are migrating to the residential market. And it's usually the other way around, right? Like it's usually we're talking about something like Alexa getting really popular in the residential market. And then you kind of watch its migration into commercial applications. And it's interesting to me that we're seeing some instances of the opposite nowadays. I mean, bringing up Alexa is interesting because it was notable... Uh, not at Cedia this year, but the previous year, Amazon was there for the first time with this massive booth. This year, Amazon was not at the show. <laughs> and you kind of harken back, somebody mentioned it to me, and I thought it was true, thinking about when uh, Apple used to, many years ago, be at CES, and then they dropped out. And then remember, the reply from Steve Jobs was, we don't need to be there because we're already in everybody else's booth. And Alexa was in almost, you know, everybody's booth from a control standpoint. Um, so voice is a big trend. I don't know how pervasive that's getting on the on the um, commercial side, but it's gotten to be pretty ubiquitous in the resi side. Yeah, I don't know if it's ubiquitous in commercial yet. Tom, Tom might be able to speak to that better than I can. But uh, I, I will say that something I noticed for residential applications making their way over, uh, something to watch is just, AI becoming smarter. That's something that I think every AI company or AI-based company that I saw at Cedia was really stressing. Um, you know, a company like um, a company like Josh AI. You know, they they told me that they're not really looking directly into commercial right now um, and not don't necessarily have plans for it in the immediate future. But uh, their their big message was um, you know making AI smarter and smoother. Um, sort of like that frictionless meeting room idea that Teams uh, w- w- was pushing last year. Yeah, Elon, uh, which is, you know, the former Nortec company, and now they've kind of spun off as NSCA and NSC, sorry, Nortec Security Controls. But they, Elon introduced a line of smart surveillance cameras for the first time, which had some sort of, you know, object identification algorithms built into it that's not just de- detecting motion in other words but actually being able to detect the difference between different objects so hmm. um yeah i mean that's clearly a trend to keep our eyes on 
See, I think that's the biggest residential trend that's impacting the commercial market is just in general that whole, you know, smart environment. You know, you'd mentioned, you know, maybe it's not ubiquitous yet. Yeah, it's not even close to ubiquitous. But I think the fact that at in residential environments, you know, homeowners now increasingly have that expectation that they can walk into a room and have things happen or demand that, that things happen by asking Alexa or whoever. Um, that expectation is slowly migrating into places like the meeting room. So you walk into a meeting room and there are actually a lot of things that need to happen, even more so than when you walk into your kitchen, right? Like you need the TV or the display to be ready to, you know, show your presentation that you're about to um, present. You need the lights to be at a certain level. You need things to happen. You need, um, you know, people to be able to conference in and... The problem in the meeting room has always been that that those steps require a lot of time. So the meeting doesn't start at two o'clock; it starts at two fifteen, while the meeting gets pulled up and the people get people dial in. But the expectation is because everything's running smoothly at home, it should run smoothly in the meeting space as well. And I think that some of the some of the trends in the commercial market um, are influenced by what's happening in the residential market even more so. I think ultimately, you know, that comes down to this concept of the sentient home. So the big, one of the big drawbacks in control is the interface. You know, how do you control all the things that you just described, you know, Tom, either through a touch panel or a switch on the wall or whatever it is. So the ultimate, you know, is going to be that this camera system recognizes when Tom LeBlanc walks into the office from a facial recognition standpoint, he does not have to do anything. It knows that he's got three different types of scenario, room scenario, meeting rooms that scenarios that he sets up. It knows it's Tom LeBlanc when he walked into the room. He could say, set up room or meeting room scenario three, which means the screen's going to drop down, the, the lights are going to dim, the control, the uh, projector's going to turn on, and it's going to open a, uh, you know, four conference voice line or something like that. Right. But it's all going to be prefaced by the fact that it identified Tom through facial recognition. And maybe get even more demanding in terms of expectations. Maybe I don't even have to say what presentation it is. Maybe it knows because of the access control card in my pocket or because of my phone or the connection to my calendar that's on the network. Maybe it knows what meeting I'm about to, you know, be involved in and Things just happen because of where I moved to. Yeah. I see if, if Craig were in here recording with us, he might not uh, look at this as such a positive thing. He's sort of noted for being a little hesitant to adopt that kind of technology. Do you think that the, the market is ready for that? I don't, I don't think Craig and his uh, fear of Big Brother is quite as reflective of you know, the, <laughs> the, the young people that are emerging into the workforce as, as folks in mine and Craig's generation. Yeah, I doubt it. Huh? And, and as, as somebody once said to me, when you're if you're so fearful of everything, you're going to give up your cell phone? Yeah, no. They already know. You're carrying around in your pocket right now something they know where you are, they know what you're looking at, they know what you're doing. You're already there. You just don't, it's just not as in your face as walking into a conference room and having it done. Hmm. This is kind of chilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more we talk about it. Oh, mm, I don't know. Um, is there value in CI integrators going next year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know when you look at the CE Pro audience 
And again, I don't know what the breakdown is on the commercial side, but the CE Pro audience already about 30% of their revenues is coming from a light commercial environment, whether that be retail, bars, restaurants, whatever it might be. They're not doing heavy duty stuff. So there's already, I, you can see because of that one, almost one third of the revenue is coming from the commercial side. You can see that bleeding in um, to the space. So uh, I would think likewise, you know, that there's, I, um, a lot of commercial guys who are doing, you know, a unified communication system or some sort of a commercial, um, system for a client and the client saying, Hey, can you do that in my house? And then they're, if they're not doing that, then they're referring it and giving it away to somebody else. And, and then the other side of that yeah. argument is the fact that the exhibitors know that, you know, the attendees at CD are doing a certain amount of commercial and they're showing some commercial application. So, it is it is a, a show that has value for commercial integrators. Good example, Adam, is you know, we sent you to the show with kind of the assignment of look for some things that are applicable for the commercial market and you had no trouble finding them, did you? No, not not at all. Okay, Modus VR. It's a company that I randomly happened upon at CDA 2018. Basically, it allows an integrator or sales rep and a client to both enter a virtual space uh, representing the client's project and make real-time decisions about that project before construction even begins. It allows a salesperson to like resize a screen option or the placement of a projector, a piece of furniture, what have you, all within the confines of the actual room's dimensions. It's super powerful for the salesperson to finally be able to communicate all of these years of wisdom and experience and lessons learned to a client that typically struggles to even interpret a blueprint. That's Ken Brueck, Modus's co-founder. He says the reaction from integrators who've tested their new product at trade shows has been pretty positive. Once they pull off the VR headset, he says, they tend to utter an expletive. And then they say, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen at Cedia. We hear that time and time again. The end client, their reaction is similar. But what's really great about those is they come out with confidence, right? Because now for the first time, they, they fully get what the end project is going to be like. On one hand, this great sense of excitement because they had this really cool, unique experience. But on the other hand, there's this great sense of relief because the anxiety of all the unknowns in a project has been washed away. This idea it sounds great in concept, but VR does have a reputation for making people sick, and you wouldn't want a client upchucking after trying to figure out where to put a display. But what makes Modus VR different is the use of high-end hardware and best practices that gives users 100% control of their movement, which eliminates the possibility of sickness. The important thing is to see VR as a tool, not a toy. When you look at any type of high-expense project that's difficult to imagine in advance the size and positioning of things matters uh, and changing it after the fact could be pretty pretty painful and you think hey wow vr is this great digital platform where we can address all of those things up front very quickly save a lot of money make a lot of money and everybody in the end is happier like that's that's pretty phenomenal and so so yeah i, I think the av space should be gobbling up everything VR does because it's it solves so many everyday problems. For this project of the month, I wanted to highlight a screen in Las Vegas. 
And after saying that aloud, I think I'm already sure someone listening is going to think, hey, a screen in Vegas, that's a novel thought. But this one really was. It was installed in one of the halls at the University of Nevada in Vegas where the administration wanted a way to keep students abreast of things going on around the campus. Since the spot they had to work with was just a corner in front of a door, they decided to use a concave curved LED screen. Turns out that was a pretty clever move because when you look at this screen, the curvature almost feels like it's inviting you to step up into it. Trevor Brown is Assistant Director of Technology at UNLV. The students, um, they have, I've heard that they have been noticing it a lot more because we've seen a lot more activity with people um, showing up to our sponsored events, starting to see our social media uh, accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and actually following us a lot more because we're able to show it to them. So there has been a lot of impact with the uh, student interaction with it for sure. You know, being kind of selfish, we did want to kind of do something different that no one else had done and to my knowledge we're still the only people that have that curved wall with that pitch anywhere within the lobby um and our second floor area um and including our cafe that we have on this on the first floor you, you can't miss it um you have to look at it you got to see what's going on and um the way we've put the content on there with uh two content blocks we're able to, you know, show ourselves in a good light with showing our new building, um, showing things that are going on with the industry. And then on another side, you know, putting up our events uh, that our students are putting on, that our classes are doing to get the interaction to hopefully that they attend and can get some uh, good knowledge and insight from some of our you know, guest speakers and things like that. How these students nowadays have grown up around technology. It, they're used to seeing this. They want to see this. They they that's they they don't know the old you know the bulletin board that we we know when we grew up. It's a visual aspect, and that's how they. I think that a lot of our students learn. So it's just appealing and eye popping, and you can put so much content and so much information on there to get the student involved, which in the long run actually helps out with the alumni aspect because they see what we're doing and they want to be a part of it. To see a picture of that screen and read the full story, visit CommercialIntegrator.com. Well, that's all for this episode of AV+. We'll be back next week with our standard show. You can find out more about the show using the hashtag AVPLUSPod. If you have something to tell us here at CI, send us an email. My name is Adam Forziani. You can reach me at A-F-O-R-Z-I-A-T-I at ehpub.com. Till next week.